Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for Hawk Central from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO, Des Moines Sports Station. And welcome to Hawk Central here on 1460 KXNO. A little bit early than uh, than your usual uh, time here. Normally 6 to 7 tonight, 5.30 to 6.20. But if you feel like you're being cheated a little bit, just wait. We have a special podcast edition of the show that's going to happen tonight. Chad Lysico and Mark Emmert are back in with me. What's up, fellas? Chad, how are you, man? Real good. Good to be back with you guys. It's good to see you again. Mark uh, successfully survived Big Ten Media Days. Congratulations, sir. Oh, I, so everything everything is great. There he is. Yeah, yeah. finally got him in there. I'm, I'm trying to do a lot of things here, Mark, so I apologize if we go off the, the rails here tonight. It's all my fault, okay? <laughs> As usual. That's a given. <laughs> right. Uh, let, let's just jump in with Big Ten Media Days. It's probably the, the right place to start and just kind of get some recap. You guys were our boots on the ground there. Chad, let's... Start with you. What do you think was the biggest takeaway, or what was your biggest takeaway from Big Ten Media Days? Well, I think the biggest thing that maybe will just affect, you know, Iowa football uh, and maybe the state of Iowa and football in the coming years that came out of it was the fact that Jim Delaney, about oh, I don't know, about thirteen, fourteen minutes into his address, sort of uh, slipped uh, slip one in, slipped on through, <laughs> slipped in that uh, the FCS ban. You know that FCS ban I talked about a couple of years ago. That's not a, really a ban. <laughs> just forget that I said it. Yeah, just uh, let's move on. Schedule FCS. So yeah, the uh, so that means uh, Northern Iowa can come back on the schedule. Yeah. Uh, they were already on the schedule in 2018 um, as a pre-existing FCS thing. So really, it's like nothing ever happened. Right. And um, you know, I, I would assume that Iowa would continue to schedule Northern Iowa. Um, you know, once every four years, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and maybe North Dakota State again. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go there, but. Let's stay away. Uh, Let's stay away from that for a few decades. You know, we'll, we'll address they that again. Want revenge, but they can do it. Uh, for those that don't know, that you can you can schedule an FCS in the years that you have four conference home games because the other year you have five. So they will give you that exception. You can't do it every year, but you can do it on the year where you need to schedule three home non-conference games. Mark, that seems like one of those moments where, as it came out of Jim Delaney's mouth, you and Chad probably would have looked at each other and you know, kind of given each other the silent wow, and then instantly started to tweet. Is that how that went down? Something like that, yeah. It was, uh, like Chad said, it was uh, carefully inserted midway through his long, rambling uh, statement. I think after the two TV guys came up there and talked about whatever they talked about, mm-hmm. suddenly we got to something that was actually interesting. Yeah, and then and they talked a lot about Friday night games, too. That was the other thing yeah. from Delaney um, that actually isn't on my rundown here. But uh, Delaney said he got a lot of pushback on Friday night football, and a lot of coaches kind of streamed up there and, and voiced their opposition um, to playing on Friday night. I mean, Indiana, Penn State. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. Yep. Paul Christ kind of out on the side said something what, about – What was the uh, most common criticism or, or complaint, Chad? Just, just that Friday nights are for high schools. Okay. Friday nights are for high schools, Saturdays are for college, Sundays are for the NFL. That was kind of the mantra, and I think I that that's think true. That's in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I was Mark, I thought your response was going to be they want to put the college back in football. 
that was a, that was a Jim Harbaugh thing on a totally different topic. But, uh, <laughs> That's but they, right. But they do they do want to put the college back in college football, so he's going to take them on uh, cultural exchange tours of foreign countries. Yeah, where are they going next year? Paris. That's that was what uh, he said, yeah. right? I yeah, London. Uh, I think that's no, right. He scrapped London. I mean, I don't know. Is it Normandy? I don't know. <laughs> He's probably going to be in that D-Day. <laughs> Mark, what was your big takeaway? I, I'm gonna we we take Delaney's you know news was, off. It was the one Chad just said. I was. It, I think it was the FCS thing. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't think the coaches were all particularly revealing. I mean, it was our first chance with uh, with Brom and Fleck, the new the new Big Ten West guys, and we'll talk about them later. But uh, you know, they didn't really bring a lot of exciting players. You know, we didn't have Akram there. We didn't have JT Barrett, we didn't have Saquon Barkley. It just felt like uh, Delaney stuff was probably the most newsworthy. Let me ask, if we focus it just on Iowa, Chad, what was the takeaway from Iowa, from Chicago? Uh, you know, I think I'd probably go with um, the stuff that he that Ferentz said about uh, James Butler and Akram Wadley, just sort of little indications um, of, you know, maybe, maybe a little indication that Wadley's not quite – you know the the featured back that everyone thinks he is maybe not, and that they want to use uh, James Butler maybe a, a receiver. So. He was careful not to be too critical of Akram Wadley when he mentioned that um, he, he said that he thought Akram's the talk of Akram Wadley going to the NFL last year. He said he felt like that was a little premature. Right, and that's kind of what I was talking about. Yeah, um, yeah a lot of he said that a few times. Yeah, yeah, um, but it's it, weird that he felt the need to say it again. Yeah, yeah, and he, but he did come back. No one asked him. To, yeah, right. To, to his credit, I mean, I mean, or he he did come back and say, you know, he's, you know, they expect him to be one of their best players this year, and he's done a really good job growing over the course of the program. Mark, I'd ask you, but I know because I listened to Kirk Ferentz, and when he started his uh, opening statements by talking about how great the tight ends were, I thought, man, well. <laughs> Mark's got his moment in the sun, doesn't he? That's uh, yeah. That's when I uh, left the room to, to be alone for a few minutes. Gathered <laughs> my thoughts. It was like free at last. Uh, but yeah, that was. Uh, I would say that was my biggest takeaway from Iowa. Is that depth chart with uh, two tight ends, actually four. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I right. think they could actually put six on there and, personally. But uh, and one that that's we a big start we whiffed on pretty bad. Mark uh, Peter Picard, not one of those starting two tight ends. They go with Noah Font and T.J. Hawkinson. Right, so they don't need the extra blocker. They want they want two guys to get out in space. Yeah, I like that. I like the first player of the year will be a, a two tight end formation where they're both split wide. Okay, what's the second play? I don't know. First play is going to be a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> extra point. <laughs> extra point. Yeah. What, 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 what's the question? I don't get it. We had uh, all 14 teams in one place. So let's talk a little bit of Big Ten predictions here, Chad, okay? You got your picks published, right? You did your predictions in Sunday's paper? Yeah, that's right. And Mark and I both submitted for the Cleveland.com poll that we'll we'll finish with here. But, uh, yeah, I'm on the record as saying um, that uh, the Hawkeyes are going to finish 7-5. and five. Mark, are you in that same 7-5 and five boat? I haven't actually thought of a record yet. I think that's uh, that's – yeah, I'd say that's fair. Um, but uh, we both had them third in the Big Ten West. I think that mm-hmm. we can definitely say that. Yeah, that's uh, that's our tease till next week, though. Yeah, let's game do it. I'm, I'm with you on that. Game by game. 
Let's yep. do that. And next week, uh, a bit of an extended show for That's what I hear. a little bit of a tease That's here. What I hear. We'll be on from five till a little after six, probably about six ten, oh, six fifteen. Boy, oh yeah, overtime pay. Oh man, yeah, we're <laughs> racking up the hours here, Emmert. Let's go through some of these teams. You guys, tell me what maybe Hawkeye fans should know. Uh, about each one of these teams, if that's okay. Let's uh, let's take a timeout, Chad, and when we get back, we'll start going through some of these Big Ten teams and just do a team-by-team preview. Does that sound okay? Yeah, let's do the Big Ten West for, All right, sounds, for time. Sounds yeah. good to me. Chad Lystico, Mark Emmert joining us in studio. It is Hawk Central here on 1460 KXNO. It's Hawk Central from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to Hawk Central here on 1460 KXNO. Appreciate you joining us here as we wrap up the 5 o'clock hour. We've got Chad Lystico in studio, Mark Emmert from the Des Moines Register joining us on the phone as we uh, kind of just put a, a little bow on Big Ten Media Days. Chad was able to publish on Sunday his predictions for how this Big Ten is going to shake out. And Chad, if it's all right here for this maybe next 10 minutes in the 5 o'clock hour, let's just look at those teams in the West that will Iowa will be battling for a division title. Do yeah, that? let's do it 7 through 1. Yeah, and we'll start with, we'll just use your rankings for that. Seventh place, you have Illinois. Uh, obviously, Lovey Smith is back there. First of all, any impressions from from Illinois for the last couple of days, Mark? Well, I guess yeah. One question I have is: Is, is Lovey Smith really even engaged? He just seems uh, he didn't seem uh, all that into it. I don't know. What, was he that way with the Bears too, Chad? You were a Bears fan. I mean, does he seem like the same coach to you, or does it seem like he's uh, a little disengaged? Well, it, you know, obviously we're reading into some things here, but just sort of the direction of the program. I mean, we we were over there for a twenty-eight to nothing Iowa win last year, where that team just looked lost. I mean, he's he's kind of up there saying we've got to score more points. I mean, just re- mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, zero, <laughs> not real, uh, you know, invigorating stuff. And so I, I just uh, I just wonder where that program is yeah, right now because I if he realizes maybe it's a lost cause <laughs> well yeah he's getting up there in age and uh you know yeah. uh, northwestern looks pretty strong this year yeah. uh, we'll get to yeah. that and you know he's he's got a lot of I work like to go over there i do too i, I always I did he's a good gentleman but I, yeah. just, I just don't know if that program is foundering right now that's why i picked him seventh then sixth, you have Purdue, a team that comes in with a new coach. We've talked a little bit about P.J. Fleck, and we'll get into P.J. Fleck in a bit. But they also <laughs> came in with a new coach. Mark, you had a chance to, to speak with him, right? Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, he, I thought he's really low-key. I mean, really low-key. Like, you want to check his pulse at times. <laughs> but uh, I thought he was really impressive. I thought he seems like a guy that's kind of in it for the long haul and has a plan. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of see him getting that to work. I mean, obviously the offenses he put together uh, – you know, at Western Kentucky were unbelievable. Yeah. I, know it's, I know it's a different conference than a much lower conference, but 55 points a game is, or 45 points a game is unbelievable. And I think, uh, you know, Purdue has had shown in the past that it can have that kind of uh, high octane scoring under uh, Tiller if they mm-hmm. get, you know, Drew Brees helps. Yeah. But uh, yeah, right. I think he's a guy that, uh, uh, if he can get a defense going, uh, they got a new facility coming on board, another uh, football performance complex uh, that's going to be $65 million, and that's going to get recruits excited. I, I talked to a uh, a guy I know there who's a Purdue alumni today, and he's talking about how people are really excited about him because he's really recruiting Indiana heavily again, which Daryl Hazel did not do, uh, and really seems like he wants to go head-to-head for some of the best players of Indiana and pull them out of that Indianapolis area area in particular. And they're even playing a game in Indianapolis this, this fall against Louisville in the in the uh, Colts facility. So I think the, this guy seemed to me like, uh, you know, it may not happen this year, but I think it would be interesting to keep an eye on them three, four years down the road. I think he's a guy that might be able to get it done there. Chad, I'm interested to get your take on this. During the Sports Fanatics program, we were talking about these neutral site games. The Northern Illinois game at, uh, at Wrigley Field came up. So we were looking at that 2003 season. And 
Iowa, one of their two losses that year was to a 16th-ranked Purdue team. And when I said that on the air, I kind of put the caveat in there. We have adults that are listening to this program that aren't going to believe that Purdue was once the 16th best team in the country. Yeah, they can do it. And uh, I'm kind of with Mark. I wrote a column at the end of the media days that said kind of itemized some teams. I I felt like we're trending up, and Purdue was one of them. Um, just be maybe not this year, but uh, but I do no. think that the that it's smart to kind of bring maybe a, I don't want to say a Texas Tech style, but something mm-hmm. sort of like that, like they used to have with mm-hmm. Drew Brees, to the Big Ten West because it's an alternative style. You get uh, you could get some. Yep. It would cause uh, some problems. Yeah, yeah. Could make some things happen. Tough preparation. Yep. So uh, I do think this is a team that uh, if this coach stays. Um, and total opposite of Daryl Hazel, you guys were all there last year. He was trumpeting, yeah. you know how God everything was. <laughs> we're going to be great. Yeah, yeah they were. Purdue, they were the rolling. Train the tra- stopping. That's what it was. Yeah. The train was rolling out of the station, so, right? So yeah, <laughs> it did without him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I almost need to tell Daryl he's beyond the train. That's the matter. Otherwise, <laughs> another staff with some shakeups. Not necessarily at the head job, but uh, new defensive coordinator for Nebraska with Bobby Diaco. What do you think Nebraska looks like? You put them at uh, at fourth in that division. Fifth, fifth. I'm I sorry, got them fifth. Son. And that's uh, that's kind of a shock. A lot of people have uh, have Nebraska at like the ten win mark, Jack. Yeah, and, the, and they even got a couple first place votes. Um, so so this is a little bit, uh, you know, probably a little lower than most people are picking them to go. Uh, but uh, you know, the Vegas over under for them is seven. They've they've got uh, real questions in the secondary. They've lost their best corner. Uh, I'm I'm not sold on Tanner Lee personally. Um, you look at his stats at Tulane, and that's Tulane, and it, they're they're nothing special. I mean, just just take a look at them, um, and just uh, I just don't know I, I don't know what Nebraska's identity is. I have no idea. I think that's a good good criticism, Mark. What's your take on Nebraska? Well, I actually had them fourth, uh, yeah, but uh, but I'm with Chad. I'm not really buying them either. I just uh, I don't see. A lot. I know they've got some good recruiting classes coming in, but that, those kids, I'm not sure, will make an impact this year. So I, I think they're uh, they still got a lot of questions to answer. And, and chat. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Nails it on the head, the secondary and the quarterback being two big ones. And, you know, even the wide receivers. They do like the quarterback. They said, I mean, they were t- praising him right. um, endlessly over there, and some of the columnists yeah. over there are just, um, you know, glowing about the guy. I'm just not. I'm saying I'm personally not sold. Maybe he'll be great. Does but. Bobby Diaco bring that defense a little bit back to its uh, its glory days? Well, they're switching to a three four, and that's that's always a tough adjustment. Um, that first year, you know, we've been hearing that for ten years too about the black shirts or whatever. <laughs> ten, do you, Mark, do you twenty. Think, yeah, that's true. But twenty, whatever. Mark, do you have faith that Bobby Diaco can be a guy that that brings back some of that uh, that fear? 
So I don't know. I mean, you know, the previous coach had a reputation of being a defensive guru too, right? Very good point. Yeah. I mean, the coach coach can't play. So no, I don't. I guess the answer to your question, no, I, I don't see it. I got somebody's got to prove it to me first. So we'll see. I guess. Uh, on the day after Thanksgiving this year, what, now, what they look like. Now, Mark, you mentioned that you actually have Nebraska fourth. Uh, does that mean you have Minnesota fifth? Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Minnesota next. Uh, obviously, new coach and the guy that came in with his hair on fire yesterday. Uh, we, <laughs> we had fun with this this morning. We took the audio of P.J. Fleck and slowed it down 50%. Uh-huh. And at 50%, it finally sounded slow. But at 75% <laughs> normal speed, P.J. Fleck sounded like a normal human being. It was okay. nuts. Mark, what do you think of Minnesota and P.J. Fleck? Well, I think you guys got a lot of time on your hands, first of all. But, um, <laughs> Took seconds, man. I'm a wizard. I mean, to me, uh, I mean he, he makes a good first impression. There's no question. He's very energetic. It's hard not to like the guy because he seems authentic. I just think, you know, enthusiasm is only is so far. So I'm just really not buying him at all. I mean, uh, Minnesota has seen that before. They had Tim Brewster up there, and I know Tim Brewster wasn't a head coach before, but also... Uh, master salesman and, and great at talking, but until they get some actual wins on the field, I, I'm not buying into P.J. Fleck. I mean, they don't have a quarterback. They've got two really good running backs. Um, they don't have a defensive line at all. I mean, it's just unbelievable what they have there. Uh, I think they, and he's got 22 guys that had offseason uh, surgery. So I, I don't think it's going wow. very pretty this year, and um, I'm just not sure if he's going to get it done at all or not. I mean, I, I know he won a lot of games where he was, and that's great. But uh, a lot of horses can win at Prairie Meadows, but can't win at Churchill Downs. So now we're going to find out. Mm, that's really good, Mark. That's a good analogy. Did you save that for the paper. <laughs> you know, I'm <laughs> uh, I'm a little higher on on PJ Fleck. You must, and a little higher in Minnesota. Just a little in general, higher. It sounds like I mean, you guys know I picked. You picked, were last year too, though. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I was, and uh, I just think I don't think this is the year for them. But I think he's something to. I think he's. I think he's dangerous up there in Minnesota. I think they're. Yeah. I, I think that that was a good hire, and so we'll yeah, see. Be, it won't be this year. Window either he's going to be so great that somebody's going to come and poach him. Or yeah, he's going to be gone. I think yeah. that's probably true. I think that's a yeah. fair thing. I don't think he'll be there forever either way. Yep. Let's skip past Iowa. You put Iowa third in your rankings, Chad, but we're going to talk a lot about the Hawks here in the 6 o'clock hour from 6 yep. to 6.20. And again, a special version of our podcast coming up tonight. If you want to download this, uh, we'll be talking hoops for maybe 10 or 12 minutes when we send things to Cardinals baseball. You have Northwestern as the number two team. Pat Fitzgerald uh, has things rolling again over there in, uh, on the north side. You know, they. Um, I really do like this team a lot. I think they've got the best quarterback in the division, Clayton Thorson. In fact, um, uh, when I went out to Pat Fitzgerald's side session, there was talk he may go pro after this year. Um, so that's uh, wow. I, th- I think he's uh, he's he's really coming into his own. And, and you saw Northwestern improve and improve as the year went on. I mean, even in Kinnick Stadium last year, uh, and they, I think they've got you know if not the best running back in the league, the second best in Justin Jackson. I mean, Saquon Barkley is kind of in a league of his own, I suppose. But uh, that's a good place to start and. Um, you know, Northwestern has a lot of guys back from a team that uh, uh, got off to a slow start last year. Um, Fitzgerald said that uh, that was his fault. Um, he took the pedal off in preseason camp because they had some injuries. And as you guys remember, they started the season incredibly slowly. Uh, they lost to an FCS team. Um, were scoring just a handful of points. And all of a sudden, they came into Kinnick Stadium and uh, blew the doors off Iowa. So, um, thirty-eight, thirty-one. So uh, I, I've got them second, I, and it wouldn't even shock me if they won this division this year. Whoa, Mark, you think that highly of Good Northwestern? 
I, I like him the second. Uh, okay. I agree with Chad there. I, for many reasons, he just said that quarterback-running back combo was really good. I think they got nine returning starters on offense. Uh, one of them not returning is that wide receiver that was so good, Carr. Yeah, Carr. But then I think they got a good coach, and they were on an upswing last year. And I think when you look at Iowa, that 2-3-4 spot to me is really fluid. Uh, Iowa, uh, Northwestern, Nebraska, but Iowa has to go on the road at Wisconsin, Northwestern, and Nebraska. So that they got to play all three of those on the road. And it may come down to that Iowa at Northwestern game, deciding who's second and yep. third. Exactly yeah, right. Point. And then your number one team, Chad, you have is Wisconsin, and that seems to be a popular pick around the country. Vegas loves Wisconsin. Yeah, consensus, I think, uh, was 32 out of 38 uh, sports writers picked Wisconsin. I was one of them. Um, I, Mark mm-hmm. was another one of them. Um, you know, just a lot of starters back. I think the one concern there is, you know, they lose T.J. Watt. They lose Vince Beagle. Uh, new defensive coordinator who's only coached one year, um, and I don't. I didn't love Alex Hornibrook last year. I know. I know he was the starter for a lot of the year, but I still think that they're at this point the best team in the West and the favorite. Mark, and you agree with that? Uh, like most of the writers yeah. in the country, right? Yeah, I mean, I like the coach. Paul Chris is a really good coach too. I think uh, they're going to be tough to knock off. Somebody's got to really go in there and beat them, like, like in Iowa. And- and uh, maybe, you know they certainly can, but I just I just think Wisconsin's got too much this year. And they host Northwestern this year too. I was a factor. Yeah, and that's that's a huge. I mean, their schedule last year was so much tougher than it is. Right. Iowa, the only team in that West that we didn't give a preview of, and for that obvious reason, we've got a lot more to share about the Hawkeyes than any of those other teams that are going to be fighting for second in the West, <laughs> according to me. <laughs> Chad, Mark, and stick around here. We are live for uh, another twenty minutes here on fourteen sixty KXNO. It's Hawk Central from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to Hawk Central here on 1460 KXNO. I'm Ross Peterson, Chad Leistico, and Mark Emmert from the Des Moines Register. Joining us here for the next 20 minutes or or so, we'll lead you right up to Cardinals baseball tonight. Great preview of all the teams there in the Big Ten West. Kind of a quick preview, and we'll do a more uh, deep dive next week on Hawk Central. We're going to go game by game through the Hawkeyes schedule like we did last year and give our predictions. I will just one quick spoiler. I don't have the Hawks at 15 and 0 this year. I just I'll leave it at that. All we'll right. see and you'll have to see how far. Yeah, sorry Mark. I didn't didn't mean to spoil it to you for you too much there, but okay. don't have the 14 Hawks. 14 and 1 still pretty good though. You'll have to see. Have to see which one game I think the Hawkeyes might stub their toe on this year uh this hawkeye team chad if it's okay let's dive into uh what we learned last week or this week i should say with the the depth chart and maybe even start with what has the position that surprisingly to me has kind of taken over the airwaves here and that's running back for the hawkeyes i thought we would be talking about quarterbacks and wide receivers up until the minute we kicked off this season but the addition of james butler really changes things in that backfield and i think in a good way really enhances what you've got yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a this is a guy that uh, Ference has hardly probably seen maybe once in his life in person, and and uh, he actually was talking about him, and he talked about him last week, um, I believe, last Wednesday with you, Mark, um, yep. in that press conference. So, yeah, this th- this is a guy that they've they've not seen. They're usually reticent to talk about guys they haven't seen, but this is a guy that they um, you know are definitely planning on using. Um, and as I mentioned earlier in the show, he's, they're going to entertain using both Wadley and and Butler out wide. Um, I think it's a great situation for sure. Uh, Mark and I were talking on the drive over to Chicago, actually, about how, I mean, if you look at uh, kind of how the New England Patriots operate, I mean, they, they'll, they'll ro- they're not afraid to rotate running backs back there, and, and they don't bank their whole season on one guy. So 
Um, and that's obviously the the system that the Ferences, Brian and Kirk, both kind of learned under um, in a lot of ways. So uh, I like it a lot, and I still think Torn Young is going to be used and uh, maybe even Toksikinrabade yeah. uh, with injuries. So um, I think that's a huge strength for the Hawkeyes right now. Mark, I tried to read between some of the lines of what Kirk Ferentz said about his running backs, and, and my opinion on what – my prediction on what's going to happen has changed a bit because – I thought this was going to be more like a 70-30 type of uh, of separation. I yeah. thought Akram Wadley would definitely be your feature back, and James Butler was going to be there to help carry some water when needed. After listening to Ferentz, it's, I'm a lot closer to thinking this is going to be like a 50-50 workload like we saw last year. Yeah, I think closer than 70-30 for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and I, you know, what Chad said, he, you know, if you try to split them both out, I mean, there's times you can use them both then. If you're going to mm-hmm. use one as kind of a more of a slot receiver or even a wide receiver. And both of them are capable of doing that because they both have you know uh, good hands. They're good route runners. Also, you got the returning game. Yep. So could 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 they be punt returning and kick returning uh, in their future too? So it's going to be really interesting to see how these guys use. But I mean, if they are two of your best playmakers, you got to get them out there because they're very lacking in that in that uh, category. Farron certainly caused some waves or made some a little bit of news with his comments about running backs, but. The news from the depth chart, Mark, and we, we touched on this just briefly in the 5 o'clock hour, two tight ends listed as starters, and neither one of them Peter Picar. That, that's two things I would have missed if you'd asked me to predict. Yeah, I think I think all of us are in that boat. I, I mean, Picar is kind of the safe guy to put there because he's, he's your most experienced guy and he's a good blocker. But uh, I think what they're showing is that they, they plan to do a lot more than just block with these tight ends, and they need to. they get, they got to get them involved in the receiving game. and. Font and Hawkinson are two pretty unique athletes for Iowa right now. I think those guys give them the best chance to, to actually do something downfield uh, and make defenses uh, a little bit more nervous about what they're going to get from the Hawkeyes. So I like I like what they're thinking there. Chad, the one that I thought was going to dominate Big Ten media days even, or for Iowa, was starting quarterback. I thought for sure that Ferentz would kind of even be peppered about this um, to, to try to give a name. What's your feel on where we are right now with the starting quarterback for the Hawkeyes? When will when do you think one gets named, and who do you think it is? Um, I think it'll be late August. Would be okay. my guess. Uh, but uh, but yeah, you, you touched on something there. That uh, when uh, another thing that came out on the depth chart, um, which Kirk Ferentz uh, quickly said, uh, "Don't look into this, please." Was that the direct quote? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Or don't read into this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is they do have Nathan Stanley on the one line, even though. Um, yeah, you know, and again, I I actually don't think that uh, maybe that's accurate. But I think it's still a toss up. But I but I also think that that tells us it is probably Nathan Stanley's job to lose, even though uh, Uyghurs did take the first snaps in the spring game and probably had better stats. So um, it's it's kind of confusing, actually. Mark wrote about it, so I'll let him talk a little bit more about what's your uh, take, Mark. What, what Ferent said. Yeah, I think. I mean, it is. It's funny how these coaches come up with these depth charts and, and quickly want to divorce themselves from them as if they don't matter. But, but they put them out there for a reason, and it didn't, it didn't happen by accident that Stanley was listed first. So I do think Chad's right. He's probably the still the guy to beat. But they must not have seen enough to uh, just want to hand it to him yet. And uh, do you think it's going to go to game week, Chad? When you say late August, I think it might be no. The week of the, okay, I don't think so. That? Yeah, yeah Rudock. Uh, really the last time there was a real competition was. 2013 and Rudock was announced over Bethard and Sokol. Uh, it was like August 23rd. So, okay. yeah, you know that yeah. that gets you about three weeks into 
into fall camp. Yep. I would suspect something like that. And they okay. start fall camp a little early this year. It uh, <laughs> was a hot topic as well, but uh, they start this Sunday. So. Anything else jump yeah. off the depth chart at you, Chad, that we maybe missed here in Des Moines? Um, you know, I I actually thought uh, Nick Easley being listed oh, as the yeah. number one wide receiver. Absolutely. Yeah. Along with Over Matt Manbro. Yeah, and, uh, Devontae Young uh, was number one. Now he's a backup yeah. to Nick Easley. So that the two starting mm-hmm. receivers that you see there are Vandenberg and Easley. And uh, just to get back to the tight end conversation briefly, um, asked Ference uh, in the public press conference there, and he was asked about it again in, in more of the behind-the-scenes press conferences. Um, this is this is their way of getting – they look at the receivers and tight ends, which makes Mark very happy as one group. And yep. so those are right now pretty much their four best guys, Vandenberg, Fant, Hawkinson, and Easley. And uh, yeah. so that makes sense. Yeah. Um, They're blurring that distinction, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, and uh, and I think you'll see. <laughs> I mean, you're seeing in the recruiting right now too. We won't get into that on this show, but they're recruiting a lot of tight ends and getting tight ends. And then just think. I mean, you got Sean Byer, Drew. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cook. Um, a lot of guys kind of coming up the pipeline that are six five athletic type guys um, in the in the system, and and then and you still have the weeding and the P car um, yeah. as the backups for blocking. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, that that the Nick Easley being number one jumped out to me, and then um, the only other thing I'd mention is Drake Kulik uh, back at, as a starting back. fullback. So. Uh, he was probably their best fullback last year. Um, Brady Ross, you know, had been number one, but uh, Kulik fully recovered from the broken leg he suffered against Nebraska. It was a week ago. It was actually, I believe, Thursday on the Hawkeye Athletic website, HawkeyeSports.com, that we saw the piece released by Sean Welsh, Iowa's offensive lineman, who talked about his toughest opponent that he's dealt with, and that was depression. Really good piece uh, to read. Had to have been pretty tough for, for Sean Welsh to come out and, and do this. Mark, we had a chance a little bit to hear Ference's comments about how Sean had actually approached him a few weeks before they released this piece. This is obviously something that the team has known about for quite a while that, that Sean Welsh has been dealing with. Were you guys in the media aware of this? Was this something that was just kind of kept under wraps? No, we were not aware. In fact, I think the team wasn't aware until recently either. Oh, really? The whole team. Yeah, okay. even Josie Jewell said, you know, when the first thing he said, maybe some of the linemen knew, but... But uh, Sean went to the whole team. He said recently, so I'm guessing sometime this summer, to kind of let him know what he'd been dealing with for three years now. Um, and off and on, he's you know he's missed time. I think each of the last three years uh, during camps, and uh, he's he's uh, taking medication now, and he's he's got a better plan for dealing with it. But it's, uh, yeah, that was a that was a shocker, and that's uh, that's heavy stuff. And, and I can't tell you how courageous he is for coming out publicly with that because. Yeah. I think a lot of guys in his position would not do that. Yeah, and he um, uh, just to add to what Mark said, um, he had mentioned in, in one of the sessions I was at with him that uh, he, they did a lot of presentations, as we've heard them do in the past, senior leadership group presentations. And mm-hmm. he said he was the last to go. And um, was uh, that by design? Uh, no, it was just it was something that I think oh, that's why, I believe yeah. that's when he shared it with the team and and yeah. uh, his therapist. Uh, he said had kind of. Uh, sent him some articles about other athletes that have come out, and he said one one from Aaron Taylor really uh, stuck mm-hmm. with him. 
Um, and so he, you know, he, he said it's, uh, it's made a world of difference. So very cool. And, uh, not to mention, uh, he's Iowa's best lineman probably, uh, right. in the last couple of years, probably since Sheriff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just a real valuable guy in a lot of ways. Um, for the Hawkeyes. Another very valuable guy for the Hawkeyes on the other side of the ball is Josie Jewell. He was over there in Chicago. Mark, you did a great piece on Josie Jewell. That was yeah, fantastic. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what uh, yeah, it was un- yeah, it was it was very well done. What's yeah. uh, what 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 was your what jumped out at you about Josie Jewell this year? Was there anything anything different from last year? Well, just uh I mean, having to talk to him and, and everybody around him, um uh, just how I guess how obsessive he is in, in finding people that say negative things about him to use his motivation. Like his brother told me, he even he'll go into chat rooms to find something negative about himself to kind of fuel him. Uh, and that, and he, you know, he admitted it again at media day. He said he was talking about his most vivid memory from a from a rivalry game is when he was a freshman and he had a key penalty against Iowa State that set up at a winning field goal. He said he thinks about that game all the time. Wow! Not, not the wins, it's the loss. He said, "I like to think of the negative." And that's, uh, you know, it's just, I mean, a lot of athletes are that way. You keep hearing chip on the shoulder or whatever, but that's kind of a cliche. He's, he, I mean, he takes that to the degree that I have not seen before. He didn't seem like a guy that kind of needed that stuff for extra motivation when you watch him on the field, does he, Mark? Right, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it, 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 he must think it helps him somewhere. Yeah. It'd be interesting to know, you know, how good he'd be without that. I mean, I think he'd still be a really good player, but, uh, you know, it's working for him, so he's going to keep doing it, I guess. Man, Chad, last you want to talk about Josie Jewell at all here, Chad, or you want to move on? Well, I just wanted to just again compliment Mark on just an unbelievable piece at HawkCentral.com. And the thing that stood out to me is uh, my dad grew up in Decorah, so I'm pretty familiar with that yeah. town. And uh, just the fact that the whole town, he's kind of, what would they call him, the, the Prince of Decorah? The Prince of Decorah. Prince of Decorah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's, he he's just that. beloved up there. Um, and it's just, <laughs> it's just in a really neat story. And if he makes it big in the NFL – you know, maybe if I got this right, Mark, he, you know, their family farm isn't necessarily thriving. Um, that'd be yeah. something that, uh, it would be a great story, you know, to, to, uh, to preserve, kinda, it, yeah. Save yeah, the preserve the farm. farm. NFL. I mean, Jeez. it's just, it's just a really great story about his grandfather. Uh, I mean, just, uh, just yeah. uh, if you read the story, and I think you even said this, Mark, you had a cyclone fan reach out to you that said, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, rooting I'm for Josie now. Yeah. rooting for Josie now, and that's uh, so that should tell you how 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 good of a piece that is. Just a just a true Iowan, just a really really neat guy. Very cool. Last guy that was there was Matt Vandenberg, and we thought we'd talk about the receivers a lot. And it turns out it's maybe the last position group that we'll get a chance to talk <laughs> about on this program. Uh, the position of one. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it seems like a lot of pressure on Matt Vandenberg this year, Chad. Am I wrong about that? No, and that's why uh, Marco wrote this uh, over at Chicago. I mean, they're um, they're really conserving his workload right now, and uh, I think that's probably pretty smart, especially since they need to try out about ten different guys to find uh, a handful. <laughs> who's his? Who's his second? Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I, he's got to stay healthy, man. If uh, you know, I'd, unless there's some guys back there that we just haven't seen yet, like a Brandon Smith. I know we're hyping him a little bit, and you know, but there's potentially a grad transfer coming in at receiver, but. Uh, um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, well, that'll be a position. We'll, we'll get a lot more info probably at, uh, Iowa's media day, well, some more info on mm-hmm. August 5th. One other thing that came from media days with coach Ferentz, Mark, was the, he made kind of a passing comment about the Iowa, Iowa state rivalry. And I, and I, I don't want to, I'm going to kind of paraphrase, but essentially it was brought up the idea that that might be a game that's moved off the schedule and 
and even Coach Ferentz said he's not interested in that. He didn't think that'd be well received back home. Am I am I hitting that right? Yeah, that, I mean that's exactly. It. He made it sound like that 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 thing is on there forever. Like there, there's no chance that that's ever going to be off the schedule. So uh, he must really like that that game. I think I personally think it's a good game, good for fans and good for the state. I know some people are, people are tired of it and want to see it go away, but uh, I don't think there's any chance of that happening. Chad, I was shocked when Murph and Andy did a poll yesterday at how many fans want this, uh, not necessarily the rivalry to go away. That's that's unfair. That's not the way the question was phrased. But essentially that's what it was. Is is this a game that you look forward to or is this a game that you wish would just go away? I'm shocked at how many people want this game to go away. Yeah, the the direct Ferentz quote was, uh, you know, in regards to the Wisconsin-Notre Dame that's um, talks. Right, right. And so, that you know, that again, that's like – Iowa fans would love to. Some Iowa fans would love to have like a one-off game with like a Notre Dame or Oklahoma mm-hmm. or somebody like that, Missouri, um, at a neutral site like they're doing. With yeah, the, right. Like Wisconsin, LSU, yeah. um, a year ago, something like that. And so that's where the question got asked. Uh, and Farron said the only way we could do that is if we postpone the Iowa State series for like a year to make something like that happen. And then his quote was, uh, I don't think that would be well received at home on either side of the fence, in my opinion. And I, and I got a lot of responses that, that said uh, a lot of people would, would go the other way on that. And so, hmm. and as you guys know, I've written about it. I think two years on, two years off yeah. is, is the way I would do it. But uh, that's while Ference is in charge, I don't think that that's going to happen. You just mentioned real quickly there, Chad, and I probably should have stopped you at that time to have you clarify. Um, a, a possible grad transfer coming in at wide receiver? Yeah, that we can't really talk about it because uh, it's nothing's confirmed, and and I don't want to get anyone in trouble. But uh, but that's what that's the position uh, um, that they'd be looking at. Um, and you th- the true freshman that Brian Ferentz was asked about, uh, or that Kirk Ferentz was asked about. I'm sorry, you thought that was Brandon Smith. Well, that was kind of one takeaway I had is they they hardly asked anything <laughs> at Ferentz about young guys, and that's usually kind of one of the things that people go after in this. So. Um, a lot of talk this week about Ferentz's longevity. I wrote about that. Um, but yeah, it, but, but I think part of the reason we didn't ask a ton about young guys is the one question, the first question that I asked about Brandon Smith, he like basically, you were there, Mark, kind of like dismissed it. Yeah, he's, you know, yeah, you know, nice kid. We'll see, you know. <laughs> I mean, so if you, had, you know, you could have, so, I, you know, Epinesa didn't come up, none of those guys. So, work, yeah. Yeah, not the time or the place. I think media day, maybe we'll get a little more info. Uh, Mark, the other thing that Ference mentioned that, uh, in fact, it was right at the end of his opening statement, he said, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our special teams and our kicking game. And I'm sure you got a little bit of a, uh, of a chill out of that. Tingle so, up your leg? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the kicking game is in good hands. But, uh, yeah, they brought in a new special, a very veteran special teams coach. He has a lot of NFL experience, Kevin Spencer. And I think Ference even hinted that he was not happy with special teams last year. He did. That was a yeah, little. I mean, yeah. of course, that coach got fired too, so that made part of it. But uh, <laughs> good point. It seemed, it seemed okay to me. I, I, I don't know exactly. I mean, I, maybe he wanted a, somebody with a little bit better leg than Keith Duncan because he couldn't really kick him, use him past forty yards. I'm not sure exactly what what his concern was, but uh, that, that was kind of news to me. Yeah, he wasn't real specific, was he, Mark? He was real. Right. Just there's right. a lot. He said that we noticed a lot of things in the out of season that uh, really need to be tightened up. Um, yeah, cover. I don't know. I. Honestly, that he didn't specify. I yeah. think this uh, it wasn't Kaluzi. <laughs> no, it was not. They've got uh, his golden boots somewhere over there in the locker room, don't they? <laughs> Probably coverage. Yeah. I, th- I think. It, I do think it's going to be a lot yeah. better this year. They got so many linebackers now, um, and that's right. The, the, I think that uh, 
I think they're going to be pretty good on special teams, and that's always a good sign. Well, yeah, nice job, guys. Returner. I, I think you did a pretty good job. I'll say that. Pretty good job of covering all the news that came out of uh, out of Chicago on what seemed to be kind of a lackluster media days. There wasn't exactly a lot of news popping uh, on Monday and Tuesday. So nice job out of both of you. Great article with the Josie Jewel piece, Mark. Congratulations, dude. Thank you, Ross. Yeah, these guys are going to stick around for a few minutes. So if you are a Hawk Central diehard, which we know most of you are, there's going to be a little bonus here on your podcast. So make sure you go and download the Hawk Central podcast. Mark and Chad are going to stick around for a few minutes here. Um, we're going to chat hoops next. So maybe 10, 15 minutes, get you up to date with all the news you need to know about what has happened during the offseason and try to get ready for a 2016-17-2018 Iowa basketball season. Cardinal baseball up next. It's Hawk Central from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. Podcast-only version of Hawk Central. You know, yeah, we need special music for that. Yeah, we only have two things. We have an opening <laughs> and a rejoin, and I, I decided on the rejoin for this one, so it is what it is. Uh, Mark Emmert still sticking around. Mark, thanks for the extra time today. I know you were expecting Anytime. some overtime pay. Not going to happen, man. This is, a, this, <laughs> no. is, this is a salaried position, and you didn't agree oh, to the terms. So That's absolutely true. i got to get a better agent. Let's uh, let's talk about PTL. You 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 wrapped up your stuff. I know championships were Sunday night. You didn't get a chance to get to championships, though, right, Mark? Were you there? Yeah, we were. In, yeah, we were in Chicago yeah, okay. already. But uh, we we're on our way to Wrigley uh, Field, actually. Yeah, <laughs> you right. bums! You went big, to a big Cubs, win for the Cubs. Cubs win. Yeah. You saw Contreras in a home run. Is that right, Chad? Yeah, it was yeah. fun and uh, really. It, it was a really beautiful night. It was it was a lot of fun. I'm really glad we did that. Well, um, Mark's Mark? not a Cubs fan, but uh, I think he secretly enjoyed it himself just night. a little. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah. Well, because you weren't at the PTL or because you were at Wrigley? Which, wh- why was it such a great night? At, at being at Wrigley. <laughs> How did you enjoy uh, covering the PTL? It was great. I mean, it's always good to get to, you get a lot of, uh, you know, time with the guys. You know, they'll stick around afterwards. It's uh, more relaxed. Um, so you kind of get to know them a little bit better. And, uh, of course, the fans can get them, you know, see them really up close. I mean, they're sitting in lawn chairs like four feet away from these guys watching them play. So. Um, it's a great time, and, and uh, the two highest scorers in the league this year were uh, Nanji and Garza. Wow! Wow! Nanji at thirty-one point five, Garza at thirty point seven. Wow! That's... Both average a double double. Nanji was the MVP, uh, and the defensive player of the year, Christian Williams. Wow! How about that? Interesting, huh? Yeah. yeah. So I got all kinds of stats here if you want to. But Nanji's team won the championship game in overtime. Uh, that's why. I Really wanted to be there, but uh, he had 42 points. And uh, mm. and Ellingson, I should mention, and Ellingson is also on his team. Ellingson led the league in assists. Really? Um, among the Hawkeyes, I'm sorry. I'm not sure about the Northern Iowa guys. Yeah. Yeah, he had 5.6 assists tonight, and I think he won that Chris Street Award, too. So Wow. Um, big, big summer for the Hawkeyes, especially some guys that uh, maybe you wouldn't expect to be you know, the top dog. You would think it would be Bear, Bear mm, Moss, yeah. Hannon, but And they all had good, good weeks or summers, but... Uh, it was Nunji Garza Ellingson. Yeah, I, I think if Mark had told me those three things, Chad, before yeah. the PTL started, that Nunji and Garza were going to average over 30 and that Ellingson would lead the league in assists, or, or let's throw in a fourth one, that uh, Christian Williams would, would win Defensive Player of the Year. I would have believed Ellingson with the assists. Those other three things are really good things for Hawkeye fans to take away from the PTL. you got two young kids that are coming in that can fill it up, and Christian Williams it seems like what we thought a year ago would be his kind of specialty role on this team. He's he's kind of embracing that a bit. Yeah, definitely like to see. You know, Iowa needs a defensive stopper. Clearly defense was their, uh, their issue last year um, in a lot of ways. Um, so that would be a really good thing, especially if he can contribute on offense. But I'd be curious, Mark, 
What you, you mentioned, you had some stats. Um, yeah. Maybe anything that jumped out of you. Maybe a you know tick off some of the stuff that. Uh, yeah, I mean, Sanji uh, averaged thirty one thirty one point five and twelve point nine, and Garza was at thirty point seven and eleven point two. So that and then Kreiner's at twenty nine point eight and eleven point six. Jeez. Got, you have three post players there outside of Cook. Really, it's like a hundred points summer. a game. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> now that won't happen in the regular season. Well, yeah, Not because you got you're going to put Bohannon in there with another 25, so now you're up exactly. to like 115 a game. So what he did average, but how about Ahmad Wagner's line? 25.4 points, 7.8 rebounds, 3.9 assists wow. every night. What about uh, free throw shooting, man? <laughs> what about his free throws? I didn't check those stats, yeah. but uh, I'm I'm guessing it was more than 46, but probably less than 100. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cook Cook kind of had a. Uh, muted summer yeah. though, didn't he, Tyler? Cook? Yeah, he was twenty twenty three point eight and nine point two, uh, and his team wasn't all that great either. So uh, he just seemed like and last year he seemed really gung ho about the summer league. I'm not saying he didn't care this year, but he just seemed like he was kind of hmm. not overly focused on this. He's got bigger things in mind, I think. So I think it was mainly just him maybe realizing, you know, there <laughs> there are bigger goals out there than mm-hmm. uh, than filling up the basket in the summer league. And uh, of course, the two freshmen are still kind of eager to prove themselves, and so I'm sure that's part of the reason why they yeah. went off too, is that they were they were into it man mark you gave us a lot of things to choose from there for our next question which is what's the biggest thing we learned at the ptl this summer because it seems to me that those all go into that category two big freshmen that can fill it up and are eager to get out there and play christian williams embracing a new role and and excelling in that new role ahmad wagner turning into kind of the all-around player that people were hoping for yeah. There's a lot of stuff to take away from here. Is there anything off the board that you would say was the your, the biggest thing we learned from the PTL? I just think it's to me it was just all these role players kind of expanding their game and, and really very eager to kind of do what they can to get more minutes, realizing there's not going to be more minutes out there. Like uh, these are really tough decisions that McCaffrey's going to have to make because hmm. there there was nobody out there that looks like they didn't belong. You know what I mean? They they all look like they could start based on what we saw this summer. Now that's just the summer league, but. Um, and that was really, really impressive. That uh, I mean, I think they had what ten guys average more than twenty points, wow. ten out of twelve Hawkeyes. So I mean, they they were out there, uh, kind of doing doing what they need to do, showing what they need to show, and then uh, the, the chips are going to fall where they may, and McCaffrey's going to have to decide, you know, which guy gets disappointed because they, they didn't uh, bring it on themselves, you know. Chad, we have a little bit of news that we can kind of break for our listeners here. That doesn't happen a lot on a, on a Wednesday afternoon, but uh, a lot of people might not be aware of this. We can basically confirm who Iowa's home and aways are going to be for the, this upcoming basketball season. Am, am I right about that? We can yeah. basically confirm it? Yeah, John Rothstein at CBS Sports uh, posted these actually, um, what was it, late last week? Something like that. And, yeah, um, uh, yeah it sounds like that those are, are uh, accurate. Uh, from everything I understand, so uh, yeah, uh, if, do, should we unveil them? Right sure, now? sure. Yeah. So the so these are the two plays in basketball. You get five of them every year, and it's important because that's how that's obviously how the Big Ten. You now the Big Ten is an unbalanced schedule. So who you, who you get twice sometimes stinks and sometimes is great. Um, this year the Hawkeyes two plays um, according to Rothstein are Indiana, which should be down. Uh, new coach Michigan mm-hmm. good team mm-hmm. good coach lost some guys though uh, Minnesota obviously has a lot very back good. Yep. Uh, Ohio State should be really down uh, also a new coach new coach yep. and Penn State which you know, oh, hasn't cool. ha- yeah yeah I mean that's that's not a bad one no <laughs> if you want to if you're going to pick one um, toughest one bad. toughest one on there's Minnesota yeah 
So that you, home and away for all those. Yep. Uh, we're already Mark and I are already starting to divvy up those trips. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then so yeah, that leaves uh, eight one plays. But I think uh, I think that that launches us into a discussion of what do we think? Because that's uh, <laughs> those are ten of their eighteen games right there. So let's yeah. just let's just look back at it from last year because Mark uh, Chad provided me with this too. Last year, those five teams that Iowa had the home and away with were Illinois. Nebraska, Purdue, Maryland, and Rutgers. So maybe just compared from year to year, is this a good draw for Iowa? Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of similar to last year. Last year could have been a good draw. They got swept by Illinois. I didn't help them. But, right. Um, and, and lost but, at Nebraska. You know, right, but split with them at least. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. I mean, they, they could have swept them, maybe should have. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Michigan and Minnesota are the two teams that are really good and probably will be. But Indiana, Ohio State, Penn State, that's a chance to go 6-0, and honestly. Yeah, I and, feel the uh, same way. They will yeah. five and one at least. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's big. Yeah, and I think, in my opinion, if you look at who the league favorites are, um, mm-hmm. I would say, I mean, Minnesota. You know, you're from that area, Mark. I wouldn't, I wouldn't classify them as a league favorite to me. Um, but I would say Michigan State is probably your league yeah. favorite. Play them once. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now, I know Trimble's gone, but Maryland was a young team last yeah. year. I think that's a good better one. without him. Yeah, right. Northwestern has almost everybody yep. back from that team. Play them once. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Purdue Wisconsin. brings just yeah. about everybody back from, except Swanigan. Yeah. Yeah, that'd one, be good. Play once. So and Wisconsin t- also. I, Wisconsin. I in there maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I and mean, they're always right. good. So I think that's, that you know I think yeah. that if you look at it that way, um, it couldn't could, be much better. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Any surprises? Uh. You know what? Uh, I was I actually charted this because this is the fourth. This will be the fourth year. I've got some. Oh. I've got a big piece of paper here, Mark. Nobody's so. surprised. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a time limit here, do we, Ross? No, we're good, man. <laughs> we're kidding. after dark, dude. We do whatever we want now. Um, I charted who Iowa's two plays are since the league had fourteen teams, um, and but uh, none of the last three years, um, Northwestern has not been one of them. Any of these last wow. three years, nor has Wisconsin, which are probably two of the uh, probably the two most two of the closest, yeah, probably the two closest, maybe. If uh, yeah. you know, I guess Illinois, but Illinois, uh, yeah, but, right, yeah, the, none of the uh, not since fourteen fifteen season has either one of them been a two play. So, um, I think that uh, that was a takeaway. I think again, I think so. I think it was kind of fort- fortuitous to avoid, uh, like Mark said, Wisconsin and also Northwestern mm-hmm. um, as a two play. Um, and Michigan State. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Michigan State for the second straight year. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Does that mean, Chad, that we should count on Wisconsin being a uh, uh, a mere game <laughs> next year? I I think that's how it's supposed to work. Yeah. I mean, the obviously they can't do it yeah. perfectly every time. But if you look at the if you look at this as a fifteen teams in this block, um, you know, Purdue was back to back years in there. Mm-hmm. Indiana's been twice. Um, where Northwestern Wisconsin zero so and Penn State twice so um, it's not it's not a perfect system big rivalry there and then uh, do you guys here I did another here, more charting here when what other teams you know got hosed and what teams okay. maybe got um, yeah a nice break that too yeah um, I think uh, I think Michigan State to me is probably the league that's who I would pick at this point with Miles Bridges back as the league yep. favorite. And I think they got a big break. I think they got a they got a good schedule. Yep. Illinois, Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers, Wisconsin. Yep. 
you know, if you, you know, throw you know, Illinois, Indiana, and Rutgers there, right, right, that's Take. six. <laughs> and I don't, you know, Wisconsin, I, I think will be down, down a bit. I do I agree. Yep. I mean, they lose just about everybody. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Maryland, you know, isn't a world beater at this. Like point. you just talked about, though, without so, Trimble, that's a different team. Yeah. Um, now, how about Northwestern? Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, Penn State, Wisconsin. It's pretty tough. Yeah, that is. And actually, I think Maryland probably got maybe the worst of it. Michigan, Michigan State, Northwestern, <laughs> Purdue, <laughs> and Penn State. Yeah, so. yeah, they got the worst of it, no yeah. doubt about that. So, and Michigan's got a tough too, I think. Yep. Yeah. What? Yeah. What was Michigan? They got Iowa, Iowa, Maryland, Northwestern, Purdue, Ohio State. Oh yeah, yeah. You list yeah. those teams, Chad, because they're the three that you have above Iowa in the Big Ten. Well, I I mean I don't know where I put Iowa yet, but I think I do think don't I do think this Iowa team will contend for a top four. I that's why yep. I wondered if that if that, that's maybe why you stopped with those three teams because you had Iowa listed as four. I think that's about where they'll be. That might be on the high end of those expectations, but I, I mean the low end is not much further. You shouldn't drop down to the bottom half of this league. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, I, I think I think four is definitely in in uh, contention, top four spot. And uh, really, I think they should expect it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, you know, I saw some of those early brackets where I was not even very good to make the NCAA tournament, but that, I just think uh, they're missing the boat. I think this is a team that really needs to get there. Um, and really, to get a top four spot in the Big Ten tournament, then you get a double bye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I think that's well within reach. And you uh, might have to be the goal. And you might have a spot in March locked up if you get to that point. If you get that double buy, so. yeah, you, yeah, you should. Yeah. yeah. I think last year the number four team ended up being Minnesota, right? That's right. Yep. And they were they were kind of a lock for the tournament, even though because they lost their opener in the Big Ten turn. So um, if you if you're if you're a top four team in the Big Ten regular season, I think there's no way you're out of the NCAA tournament unless you just have a terrible non-conference. Hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of why why I think top four is. So critical, you Chad. Know, when will get that double buy? When will yeah. the schedules be official? Hearing mid-August, probably. Okay. Um, and as we know, I think uh, uh, they will have. So th- they usually have thirteen non-conference games, and we already know that uh, seven of those will be away from Carver Hawkeye Arena, which is um, a lot because <laughs> they kind of got. Uh, a little bit of a curveball with that Big Ten ACC challenge, getting a second straight road game in yeah, that series. Game, yeah. While mm-hmm. they, when they had already agreed to play Colorado up in South Dakota, mm-hmm. um, and then yep. uh, of course they're at Iowa State this year, and Drake and Des Moines, and- Drake and Des Moines, and then they got three games down in the Caymans, which uh, um, Mark's going to start driving there pretty soon. <laughs> so he so, so you're saying that. you lost the fight for that trip is what you're telling us? <laughs> uh, I've conceded to Mark if uh, if we're able to make that one. So You yeah. decided on a December trip to uh, to Minnesota instead? That was <laughs> that, your top pick? Who, who wouldn't? Yeah, we, we were we actually we were we were actually just talking a lot about this just cuz we're kind of geeking out about the schedule and stuff, but you know, remember they've got a they've got a Big 10 uh, yeah. Opener like uh, like whatever oh, December first like mid- or something. Yeah, it's early December, yeah. not even mid December. Something like that. Wow. Yeah. So that'll be. So what uh, do you think we get first, Chad? A, a, an Iowa starting quarterback or an Iowa State or an Iowa basketball schedule? <laughs> I'll say the schedule by a nose, but uh, <laughs> uh, we will have ki- we will have the kids' day scrimmage on August twelfth. So we might be able to just declare some things ourselves. Do you think parents will just do that? I think we can declare it. We can name a starter. <laughs> doesn't have any merit back at the home office. but <laughs> doesn't mean anything. Right. 
All right, yeah. good show, guys. Mark, thanks so much for the time, Chad. Thank thanks for, for putting together another fun show for us, man. It's a lot of fun to do this show with you guys, and you 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 guys make it so much fun. Thanks a lot. And yeah. next week, game by game picks, right? Next week, game yeah. by game picks, and it's going to be a little bit of a longer show. Again, maybe kind of like this show. It'll be about an hour and ten minutes when you put it all together. We'll be on from five till around six ten next Wednesday. And uh, until then, thank you so much for downloading and listening and all the positive feedback we hear. Even some of the negative feedback is fun because most of it's about Emmer. So fire it away. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for listening to Hawk Central here on 1460 KXNO and com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.